Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You remember Joe Pesci and my cousin Vinny, his girlfriend, Mona, Mona Lisa, where she says, oh, and what are you, a world freaking traveler? Well, Amber Wilson <laughs> apparently is an actual world freaking traveler. I'm Jonathan Zaslow. He is Braden Gall. This is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and SiriusXM Channel 80. We are presenting by Progressive Insurance. How you doing tonight, Braden? Good to see you. I, 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 this is my favorite thing about doing shows now on ESPN Radio. I make new friends. I have, <laughs> I'm at the age now. I'm 42 years old, Braden. It sounds like we're probably around the same age, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm 40, got a 41. Couple of kids. 41, yeah, yep, so yep. you got a couple kids. I got a couple kids. It's very difficult to make new friends. <laughs> I didn't realize all I got to do is just start doing shows on ESPN yeah, Radio. Yeah. I got like seven, eight new friends over the last couple weeks. How you doing? So I'm, I'm doing wonderful. Football is here. NFL is back. College football week two. Things are gravy, baby. I will say this. I have two kids. You have two kids. That makes two Utes. You got two Utes and I got two Utes. That's what <laughs> That's it is. The, the two and, and, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, what are you? What? No, that's Jerry Callow. That's Jerry Callow. <laughs> and and unfortunately, we're the only people at 41 and 42 years old that probably get all those jokes. So there you go. Glad to have you guys here with us tonight, spending your Friday with us on Amber and Ian. And we got football. Like, it's one thing for the college football to get going. And, you know, it's the third weekend of college football, but it's week two. We all know how that goes. So you had the full slate of college football last week. But this is like, this is like the for real weekend of football where we got the full slate of college football on Saturday and we got the full slate of NFL football on Sunday. What was it like in the Gall household last night for <laughs> for Thursday night football Chiefs lines? What was the setup? Let me hear it. So so very excited, of course, because like you said, you get a big NFL game on a Thursday. Listen, I'm all about some Illinois-Kansas tonight on ESPN2. You got that's a big game, Big Ten, Big 12 there. And then like you said, we got Bama-Texas on Saturday. You get NFL kickoff on Sunday. I was supposed to have, like, I make a big pot of chili for the kids. The little girls love the chili. We got the whole deal. Uh, Here's the problem, though, Zaz. Here's the problem. My wife broke her collarbone this week. Oh, no. So I I was nursing not two children, but three. During the game, I'm trying to I'm trying to study Jared Goff's missing his progression. So she's a poor patient, taking... is what you're saying. If you're nursing three, you're, you're saying she's a bad patient. I I would never say that, especially not on national radio. <laughs> but, well, but what I'm happened taking... there? How does she break her collarbone? Uh, it, pr- trying to impress the kids, man. You know this. You got kids. Like the worst thing you can possibly do, I would say. Roughly over the age of 35. Like, if you're 35 and up, and you kids will learn this one day, when you're over the age of 35, like, your body just, just starts to deteriorate quickly. Like, things go south in a, in a bad way, and you just can't do the same things you did before. And she tried to impress the kids. She's riding a tricycle down a hill on her feet, oh. doing the whole superhero, evil Knievel mom thing. 
Didn't work out. Didn't work out. There's video footage, so all the siblings have oh. seen it now, too. <laughs> this, this got passed around in the family yes. group chats. Yeah, we were, I was talking to the nurse as I was picking her up from surgery, and she's like, how did you do this again? And I'm like, do you want to see? <laughs> Here you go. Oh. Uh, oh. Needless to say, she didn't love that part of the experience. But uh, no, she's... But she's okay she's, now. She's on the, she's back home? She's on the mend, doubtful for this week, questionable, two to three weeks recovery. <laughs> we're good to go. We're good to go. So last night, very exciting because not only, Braden, did, did we get the NFL week one going last night, but I thought I, I felt like I was watching a big game. Yeah. And it's, it's just, look, it's just week one and it's, it's a regular season game, and which is even more impressive that I say it felt like a big game when one of the teams playing was the Detroit Lions. It felt like I was watching a big game, Braden, and it felt like a really big moment for the Lions. I, I completely agree. And I think this is, we, we try not to overreact too much to one week, especially in the yeah. NFL where you have 18 weeks and the first week is largely like one big giant lie, right? Like there's, there's so much stuff you're going to see in the first weekend and you're not exactly sure how much of it's going to translate for 17 games and for 18 weeks. I will say this, though, just in general about the Lions' performance. Yes, we know Chris Jones wasn't there. Well, technically he was there, uh, but he wasn't playing. We, we know Travis Kelsey wasn't playing. Two of the top three players may be on the roster for the Chiefs. Uh, but here's the deal. Like season ticket, like a, a waiting list for season tickets for the Detroit Lions for the first time in, I don't know, my lifetime – and more importantly, a little bit of pressure for the first time, again, maybe in my lifetime for the Detroit Lions franchise to come into a season with expectations that there's yeah. no Hall of Fame quarterback in Green Bay for the first time since 1991 or 92. Like, they, they could win the division. In fact, you could argue they're the, the team that should win the division. So they have pressure. And so for me to see a team that has pressure for the first time in God knows how long, to show up again, it's just one week, don't overreact, I get it. But to play the defending champs on the road, even shorthanded, and to play like they did well enough to win the game on the road, I think it says a lot about where they're at mentally, and I think that's a really big testament for the Lions. I think they're going to be pretty good this season. Well, like you mentioned there, Braden, without Chris Jones, and uh, we'll, we'll get to it in a moment here, really, I don't know that I could recall a scenario like that where a player is holding out and he's still in attendance and watching <laughs> the game up from the suite. That was a very strange scene. We'll get to that in a second here, but this is from earlier today, unsportsmanlike, every morning here on ESPN Radio, 6 to 10 a.m., East Evan Cohen, Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, ESPN NFL reporter Dan Graziano joined them this morning, and here he is on the Chiefs' loss right now of Chris Jones. If you're Chris Jones at this point, that's what you're hoping for. Not that you're hoping your team loses, but that you're hoping things happen to to show them how valuable you are. You know, they, they have a gap to bridge. They, they there is there's a lot of room between the highest paid defensive tackle Aaron Donald and the second highest Quinton Williams, and, and and there's like an eight million dollar gap there in terms of average salary. So that's been hard to bridge. Uh, and right now, we'll see if the Chiefs move at all toward him. This is a team that traded Tyreek Hill because they didn't think they were going to want to pay him a new contract. So it's not as if they haven't dug in and held the line before. Okay, Braden, I love that Graziano brought this up. And again, that was this morning on Unsportsmanlike. New show every morning, 6, 10 a.m. East, right here on ESPN Radio. I love that Graziano brought that up about Chris Jones. Not that he's hoping that they lose. I'm sorry. I think we're being a little bit naive if you think Chris Jones is up there in the suite and he isn't 
hoping that the Chiefs lose this game and maybe even lose the next one. Now, we're not talking about like when a player gets hurt and he can't play. It's out of his control and it's like, you know, maybe he wants everyone to see how important he is so he hopes they lose. (laughs) No, no, no. You're a terrible teammate if you're hurt and you want your team to lose so that everyone can appreciate you. He's holding out for money. Literally, the definition of what he is trying to do is show the front office that the team hurts without him. Braden, I actually believe he wants them to lose that game last night. Well, and, and uh, well, that sounds crazy to say it like out loud like that. I think one of the things that people need to remember about this, and it includes players sitting out bowl games in college football, it includes players skipping things for the draft, it includes player holdouts in the NFL. Every every other player in the locker room is rooting for him too to get the bag. Like they, he has this. Players have the support of each other in that situation. They're not the players on that team are not rooting for Kansas City. <laughs> they're 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 rooting for Chris Jones to get the bag. Now, here's what I will say. I don't think it was because of Chris Jones, though, that they lost the game. They right. they got four three and outs with Detroit. There were 11 possessions on defense yesterday, last night for Kansas City. 11 possessions, they allowed two scores. Two times they allowed the Detroit Lions to score points. Of course, the other one's the big pick six. So, like, they don't... To me, if that's what Chris Jones is trying to accomplish, now I would look. Kansas City, from what I understand, has offered him a lot of money. There's a lot of money on the table. He's pay, He's been paid a lot of money. It, there's going to have to be a compromise at some point where they have to come together. But I don't think last night is the thing that's going to break the, the the Kansas City side of this because, frankly, I thought the defense played pretty well. So it was the other side of the ball that was the problem. It was people dropping passes and the, the Lions defense playing well. I, to me, I don't think they missed all Chris Jones nearly as much as they missed Travis Kelsey. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Coming up, did the Lions officially win the Stafford Goff trade from a couple years ago? Are the Lions the real deal? Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and SiriusXM Channel 8. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio. Filling in for them, I'm Jonathan Zaslow. He is Braden Gall. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You do know, Braden, right? This one, I'll let you guys all in behind the curtain for a moment. We're, we're doing movie quotes. We're doing My Cousin Vinny movie quotes during the break, <laughs> which is which is so very a guy thing. Like, gr- 
Ladies don't do that, right? Girlfriends get together. They're going out for drinks. They don't sit around and do movie quotes. It's such a guy thing, right? I, I think uh, it might be a middle-aged guy thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, mean, they're, they're, I mean, some of those movies that came out late 90s when I was in high school, early 2000s when I was in college, you talk about some of the, 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 the Will Ferrell movies and you know everything that that whole era that whole genre there's a lot of stuff that i i can my wife will watch with me she will enjoy but i'm i'm pretty sure she's not like sending quotes to her buddies about you know talladega yeah. nights <laughs> or whatever I, I think when the girls especially the wives when they hear us doing the movie quotes i think they think we're idiots like I, I, well, I don't think they think that it's cute or it's funny. I think they think we're idiots. Uh, so I, I'm not sure that's any different from what my wife thinks about me. Anytime anything comes out of my mouth, <laughs> just to be very clear. So I, I don't know about you, but so so last night a great start to the NFL season. Chiefs and Lions. Lions get just a, what feels like a really big road win, like a a culture shifting win for Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. And it got me thinking last night, Braden. Did the Lions win the Stafford golf trade? When you go back and you look at that from a couple years ago, it seemed like such a no brainer. On the Rams side of things, they're getting an all-pro caliber quarterback in Matthew Stafford. And yes, the goal is to win a Super Bowl, and they won it in the very first year that they acquired Stafford. But you look at these two players right now, I'm not sure what you're expecting out of Stafford this year. I got low expectations. And while Jared Goff wasn't great last night, he was great all of last year with Detroit. And he just had maybe the biggest road win, including leading a a 75-something yard drive early in the fourth quarter to take the lead at Mahomes and the defending Super Bowl champs. Probably the biggest road win for the Lions in like 20 years. Is it crazy, Braden, to say that maybe the Lions won that trade? I think here's the answer. Can the answer be they both won the trade? I mean, if if the Lions are now relevant for the next, let's say, give or take five to eight years, a chunk of that, of course, is going to be Jared Goff being being the starting quarterback. Now, eventually, they're going to have to, you know, find the the heir apparent. I can't believe I'm saying that phrase about Jared Goff, but you know what I mean. They're going to have to find a long term answer at that position at some point beyond Jared Goff, and and so there is a window here where they can be relevant. I think there is in no way can you call it a bad trade for the Rams or a failure for the Rams. They they won the deal. They won the whole thing. And if you get a ring out of any trade, full stop, full stop, you won it. There's no argument, no discussion. You cannot – Matthew Stafford's arm could fall off tomorrow and the Rams could go 0-17 and they still won the trade because they got the ring out of the deal. The question is going to be as it goes along, do the Rams – like four, five, six – do they have seven starters – with those draft picks, let's say, out of that trade. like At that point, then you have to start saying, well, they won the trade too. And if you know anything about business, and if you know anything about compromise, if both sides sort of walk away with either a win or a loss, then you probably have a good trade. In which case, we've probably ended up with a good trade. The Lions are relevant, and the Rams have a Super Bowl. I, I don't know how right now you don't say they're both successful. I want to see a little bit more than just one meaningful year from the Lions before I start to say that. But if they win the division this year, it's hard to argue that the trade wasn't a a big success for them as well. It really seems like one of those trades, one of those rare trades, were both... And it was a massive trade. I mean, when's the last time you see a quarterback traded for a quarterback? Two first-round pick quarterbacks at one point in their careers. But Two number one overall picks, right? 
Yeah, right. It seems like the rare trade where both teams win it because obviously, like you said, the Rams won the Super Bowl and they won it immediately. So certainly whatever happens after that, they won the trade. But when you look at it in a vacuum, you look at it with Stafford for Goff and a bunch of draft picks, which included two ones. When you look at it just in a vacuum and where we are right now going into the third year of that deal, it looks like a blowout in favor of the Lions. Now you have to remember, they got the Super Bowl right away, but just in a vacuum, Braden, great trade for the Lions. Really was. I I think So here's what's funny about trades with draft picks, and and this goes for any sport. The the capital, you can evaluate the capital that was traded, right? Like this this many number ones, this many number twos, this many number threes, whatever it might be for any trade. Mm -hmm. Basketball, hockey, you you name it. You can evaluate it and say this was a great trade by X team because they acquired this many assets. The problem is you then have to go and not screw up those draft picks. And it appears that the Lions have done a pretty good job with the with the majority of those draft picks. And so when you're looking at what they do, again, I need at least a playoff appearance <laughs> or a playoff win before I start to say that the Lions won the trade, but we certainly have the makings of of the of a path for the Detroit Lions to be a contender in the division for the first time in God knows how long, a team that could actually play in a playoff game, maybe even host a playoff game, and we just saw them go on the road and beat the defending champs in their building. So I I think it's the answer can be yes. The Two things can be true. The Rams got a Super Bowl and won the trade, and the Lions built for the future and won the trade. Like Those two things can absolutely be true at the same time. Well... Are we sold now, after just one game, but at the defending Super Bowl champs, are we sold on the Detroit Lions? Chris Canty, co-host of Unsportsmanlike, 6, 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio. Don't count him as someone who is sold on the Lions yet. Are we sold that the Detroit Lions, with Jared Goff, can compete at a championship level? As good as they were last night, I thought there were moments where Jared Goff underwhelmed. I really did. Like, there are situations where he's taking sacks that he took a sack that he had no business on third and five and plus territory. That just shouldn't happen. And then your productivity in the second half, outside of that touchdown drive, their offense did nothing. Nothing. Their defense kept them in that game. And I will give credit where credit is due. He made some plays, including that 33-yarder to Reynolds off a of play action yep. that set up the go-ahead touchdown. But outside of that, Jared Dolph did nothing for an entire half of football. And I don't know that that's going to be good enough to not only compete at a championship level, but to actually win the NFC North. That was Chris Canty, co-host of Unsportsmanlike. That was this morning. It is crazy to think that in the fourth quarter in Kansas City at Arrowhead, it was Jared Goff leading what would end up being the game-winning drive, and Patrick Mahomes did not do the same. Coming up, we're going to get some help breaking down the NFL Week 1 slate. That is next. This is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Series 6M Channel 80. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and SiriusXM Channel 80. Filling in for them, I'm Jonathan Zaslow. He is Braden Gall. Week one NFL underway last night. The Lions with a big upset on the road at the defending Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst on board with us here. Mina, thanks for joining us here for a few minutes, and I'll just get right to it. Are you sold on the Detroit Lions? Uh, I am sold on the Detroit Lions being the NFC North favorites, which is how I felt about them before the season began and how I feel about them now after watching them beat a Chiefs team that has to be mentioned was missing two of their three players. But I thought they uh, flashed a lot of the things we saw at the end of last season, Detroit did, and also um, some of the things we expected this season in terms of a dominant run game to close things out. Quarterback who is accurate when he's kept clean, very good throwing off of play action, and an improved secondary. Uh, I think, you know, the additions that they've made on their back end uh, have clearly paid off. Brian Branch in the draft, C.J. Gardner-Johnson uh, at safety. And so, you know, they, they look improved and they look like they can continue building on what they did last year. Mina, it's week one. It's hard not to overreact to everything. And, and I, I do want to ask you how we should be watching things in week one. But with the Lions facing some actual pressure for the first time, because I, like you, thought they could win the division and maybe be a front runner. That, that means they actually came in with expectations, which is a different mental place for that franchise to be than it has been in 30 years. And, and they handled that part of it, it seems like at least very well. So I feel like I can take that away from Thursday night. How do you watch week one and how do you sort of take things into proper context and, and not, you know, go, go, go incredibly insane trying to overanalyze everything you see in week one? Yeah, it's a good question because it is really important when we watch week one to remember, you know, a lot of these players are playing together for the first time. I don't want to say it has a preseason feel because that's certainly not the case, but the way teams look, you know, not just at the end of the season, but even in October, November, it, it tends to be radically different as not not just the players are learning how to play together and you're implementing, including starters, but there's so much coaching change around the NFL. And you have to account for the reality that there's a lot of um, defenses and offenses learning new schemes. That's something I think I'm going to really keep in mind this week, you know, when I look at uh, games like, for example, Miami Chargers, which is one of the games that I'm most looking forward to, uh, new coordinators uh, in L.A., offensive coordinator Kellen Moore in Miami on defense, Vic Fangio. I, like a lot of people, liked those hires, but watching them, especially against each other, so they're both playing, you know, good competition, you have to remember that, Sometimes it takes a while for the starters to get accustomed to the new scheme. Mina Kimes here with us on Amber and Ian, Jonathan Zaslow, and Braden Gall filling in for them tonight. Mina, what is a what is a sneaky good game this weekend? It's flying under the radar, and you figure this game's going to be a lot better than people might initially think. 
Ooh, a sneaky good game. I guess I was gonna, you know, I know I definitely know the games that I think are good, but they're probably ones that um, people expect, like obviously Dallas, New York, Pittsburgh, San Francisco. I'm really interested in Bengals uh, Browns. I don't know if it's sneaky, but the Browns have a really, really good roster this year. Uh, they made a lot of improvements on defense. By the way, I've seen new coordinators bringing in Jim Schwartz to call uh, that side of the ball. And a lot of uh, changes on the defensive line, adding Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson, Obo Okoronko is a really underrated pass rusher. So I want to see if up front, one, can they actually stop the run this year? Uh, but also, can they give Joe Burrow trouble? You know, he's still coming off of the injury. I think if his mobility is limited in any way and if this defensive line looks improved, the game could be closer than maybe people expect since, you know, the Bengals are so widely regarded as favorites. You could throw probably the Bears-Packers into that with two quarterbacks that are under a, a, a very watchful eye from both fan bases. The a, a, An old rivalry. We'll see if Aaron Rodgers has, in fact, signed over the deed to the Chicago franchise to Jordan Love uh, as the uh, former owner of the franchise. We'll see if that actually happens this weekend. Um, is there any – half the league generally – makes the playoffs each year it turns over about half the teams give or take a few miss the playoffs from the year before make the playoffs the next year are are there a a couple of teams that you know we got some receipts we can still we can still check here mina before the season starts on sunday without um what what are some teams that you think are into the postseason that were not in the playoffs last year uh well you know the jets are the obvious choice i think um just because Last year, they were knocking on the door with terrible quarterback play. Now they have Aaron Rodgers. Even if he isn't MVP-level Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be extremely competitive. Um, I think in terms of like less obvious candidates, I've, I've, I've said this a lot of the last couple of weeks, but I really like the Pittsburgh Steelers, although the division is concerning. But uh, I think that they're, they, the, the talent that they've added, some of the improvements you've seen from the quarterback – uh, bode well on both sides of the ball. And then you mentioned a team that I'm pretty intrigued by, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, I, I know Christian Watson the first week, maybe even longer, is definitely concerning. But based on, you know, what we saw in the preseason, the limited action we've seen from Jordan Love, and perhaps more importantly, the situation he's in with that that scheme, that offensive line, I think they could surprise some people this year. Mina, what did you make? I, I want to go back real quick to the game last night. What, what did you make of the game that Andy Reid coached? Uh, I, I know it's really easy to look at the fourth and 25, and certainly I'd like to hear what you think about it, but what, what did you make of the game that Reid coached last night? Fourth and 25 was fine. I mean, that ball bounced off of Sky Moore's hand. Patrick Mahomes, I'm totally fine with it. Um, I thought Andy actually was a little bit too conservative on a couple of fourth downs, uh, kicking field goals instead of... Uh, going for it. And, um, you know, I I think it's really hard to blame coaching or raise too many questions when the obvious takeaway from the game that you don't have to be an NFL analyst is that the wide receivers got to sabotage Patrick Mahomes and let them down. Um, But, yeah, I I thought he could have been a bit more aggressive. Um, You know, I was a little bit underwhelmed by the Chiefs' run game, especially on – Against the Detroit Lions run defense, that's still pretty vulnerable. Um, but, you know, for the most part, he was, his hand was pretty limited by uh, the play of the wide receivers. 
Mina, you mentioned the, the Bengals and the Browns, and I want to go back to that division because you kind of mentioned the Steelers as well. Certainly the Ravens are a fascinating team with Todd Munkin coming in, trying to bring a new element to the passing attack to Lamar Jackson. They drafted a bunch of new receivers. If you're handicapping that division top to bottom, uh, Joe Burrow, of course, is, is, is a known commodity. What are your thoughts on the order of finish in that division? Because it does truly believe – I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised at literally anything in the AFC North. Yeah, it's a really stacked division, and it, and I think it's, it's pretty hard to project. Um, and by the way, you can add the Ravens, too. At the top, you asked about kind of week one, and that's a team where the offense might not look perfect until midway through the season because it is one of the more dramatic team shifts we've seen in like recent NFL history. I think by the end, if I if I had to guess, I would probably go Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, Browns. Um, as much as I know, I was just talking about the Browns and saying I like the roster. The quarterback played really bad football last year, so uh, I kind of have to see some improved play out of Watson before uh, I'm ready to believe that he can, uh, you know, not, not even just elevate that roster, but uh, play at the level that Jacoby Brissett, frankly, did in the first half of the season. So. Um, you know, I think with the more uh, stability at Cincinnati and Baltimore and then some of the career pieces in Pittsburgh, I'd probably put them last. Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us here on Amber and Ian. Thanks a lot for the time tonight, Mina. We appreciate it. Enjoy the games this weekend. Thanks for having me. What do we need to see from some of the others in the NFL, we know who the favorites are to make the postseason, but what do some of the other teams need to do for us to take them serious? That's next. I'm Jonathan Zaslow. He's Braden Gall. This is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and SiriusXM Channel 80. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Jonathan Zaslow and Braden Gall filling in for them this evening. So, we know who the contenders are going into this week number one. Full slate of games on Sunday. Great night last night to get us all started. But we, we know who the contenders are. There's, there's a consensus on a handful of teams, but... What about the others? What do we need to see from the others to begin to take them serious? So let's bring aboard Josiah here. He's behind the glass producing the show. Yes, you got the music. Yeah, that there we that go. means, yes. See, if you were to say, what do I need to see to take this segment seriously? <laughs> I just got hyped. I'm ready. It's the music. Yeah, it's the music. Ready. I'm ready so, for this. We're good to go, Josiah. So team up. Let, let's... Let's see what we need to see from these teams. Come on. All right, let's start with the Tennessee Titans, guys. All right, that's, that's my, my neck of the woods here down in Nashville. Offensive line was the focus in the offseason for this organization. They poured resources into the offensive line to protect Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. They, they went and got DeAndre Hopkins. The defense is going to be one of the best defenses in the AFC. They are good enough to win the division, even though no one thinks so. It's all about the offensive line. What does the offensive line look like against a Saints team that's 
solid on defense, but not as good as they used to be this weekend. What does that offensive line look like for the Tennessee Titans this year? It is interesting in that division, which is is not the strongest division. No one seems to be picking Tennessee, and I would just add to it what I would need to see from the Titans. I need to see that there isn't a drop-off yet from Derrick Henry. I mean, it's like a 1,000 carries every season. <laughs> At some point, he's going to fall off a cliff. So I just got to see that that season is not this season. Next team up, the Green Bay Packers. Go ahead, Braden. You keep it going. You go first. <laughs> I mean, th- where do you start here? I mean, like, so Joe Barry's under a lot of pressure, defensive coordinator for this team. They- they've invested a ton of draft picks, a ton of. Ra- I know everyone thinks you're supposed to start with Jordan Love, but the defense is what they should be leaning on. Christian Watson already hurt. You know, there's going to be growing pains with Jordan Love. You know that Matt LaFleur is finally going to run the thing that he wants to run, the system he wants to run, because old man Rodgers isn't ch- changing the play at the line every time. But. The bottom line is this defense has to be better. The special teams have to be better. They need to be better around the quarterback. But most importantly, they've invested a lot of first-round picks on that defense over the last three years, and Joe Barry's under a lot of pressure to get the job done on defense. So to me, it's Justin Fields this weekend, a guy that doesn't exactly, you know, the the knock on him is going through the progressions and actually can you just fool Justin Fields this weekend with all that talent on defense if you're Green Bay? Yeah, and you know what it is for me? I... Yes, there will be moments of struggle for Jordan Love, but this isn't a rookie, and and we saw this with Aaron Rodgers as well. It it makes a huge difference when you're holding that. You could be a first-round pick, and you're holding that clipboard for a few years. It never happens anymore. It's so rare, but it makes a difference, and I think we're going to get a really good season out of Jordan Love this year. I don't know how many wins it's going to equal to for the Packers, but I do think that we're going to see them as a team that has a quarterback. And you know what I need to see out of the Packers? I need to see them win in Chicago this weekend, which confirms that, you know what? The Packers, like you mentioned, still own the Chicago Bears. (laughs) That's what I need to see. Next team up here, the Atlanta Falcons. I think people are sleeping on this team, man. And and certainly it's a function of the division and the NFC being down and the division being wide open. There's a lot of winnable games. They're basically a three-and-a-half, four-point favorite this weekend at home against Carolina. But there's no there's no surprise what they're going to do. They are going to line up with one of the best running back prospects that we've seen come into the draft in a long time. In Bijan Robinson, they've got a young quarterback in Desmond Ritter. Arthur Smith is a very smart guy that knows how to design offenses. Can they just actually run the football into the playoffs. And I want to see if the Falcons can do that. But you've got to do it with wins against bad teams. You've got to win the bad games. And that starts this weekend against Carolina. Yeah, you know what I need to see out of the Falcons? I, I need to see Bijan Robinson cook. I mean, everybody tells me he's, we're talking offensive rookie of the year, transcendent running back, going to be amazing from day number one. And yes, you look at that division, you look at Tampa and Carolina, if you're, If you're going to be a playoff team with a young quarterback, young running back, this is the situation in that NFC South. But for me, out of the Falcons, I need to see Bijan Robinson get the ball a ton. Next up here, the Baltimore Ravens. Look, I know Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, and the Bengals are the pick to win the division, but I really like this Ravens team. I think they're going to be very, very dangerous. New coordinator Todd Munkin was the hottest name in all of college football last year for the two-time defending champion Georgia Bulldogs. They've got a first-round draft pick in Zay Flowers to, to put on the outside. Rashad Bateman, their former first-round pick who didn't play most of last year. They got Mark Andrews. They got more weapons and a new scheme. 
How does all of that work with the newly minted 300 millionaire quarterback, Lamar Jackson? Like, how does the scheme come together? And Mina just mentioned this. Mina Kimes just said this last segment. It might take a little while to see how this system works together. But when it, I'm telling you guys, when it does click, it's going to be extremely dangerous. So the question I have for Baltimore is how long does it take all those pieces to come together into Todd Munkin's system? Because you know the defense is going to be good under Harbaugh. I think the Ravens win the AFC North. It's, it's going to be a I'm great you, division. Dude. I'm with you. Uh, it's going to be a great division. I think three teams actually make the playoffs out of that AFC North, but I think the Ravens win that division. You know, a lot of times, guy gets the big contract. They get treated as the finish line as opposed to a starting point. Lamar Jackson, he heard all the talk. You're going to now wonder, hey, is he worth all the money that he had been asking for? It was a major storyline all throughout last season, and I think you got a former MVP who's playing with a major chip on his shoulder this season. I think the Ravens do win it, and I just need to see- what do we need to see? I just need to see Lamar Jackson on the field. I need to see him healthy. That's what I got for the Ravens. Next up, the New Orleans Saints. Man, I don't know if I'm buying into these things. <laughs> the Saints. I don't know. what I need to see a whole lot out of this team. I, I need to see some of the veterans actually show up and show that they still have some of that that juice left, whether it's Jordan or Thomas or Kamara. I mean, I, obviously suspended for the first four games. I, like, there's a lot that you need to see from the Saints team. I think Derek Carr is clearly an upgraded quarterback, but to me, it's about I, I need to see all of it come together, and I, I just I'm not sure I trust this team. So I'm watching a whole lot against the Titans because again, their running game is going to get challenged against that Tennessee Titans defensive line this weekend, and I, I just don't know how much I trust anything about the Saints right now. And so I've got a lot of questions. I need to see a lot of things this weekend. Yeah, really difficult team to gauge in the Saints for me. I I got to see Derek Carr have success somewhere other than with the Raiders. I think Derek Carr, obviously, he had good years with Vegas, well, Vegas slash Oakland, but I, I, I need I need to see that he can be a quality quarterback somewhere else. So until we see that, major question mark out of New Orleans in a very bad division. Next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, how far has Kenny Pickett come in, in one offseason? I mean, the guy didn't get into the starting lineup till week five. He proceeds to throw, I think, what, five or six interceptions in his first four or five games. He then turns around and learns from all of that, shows the progress in year one. The last eight games of the season, I think he had eight touchdowns, one interception. He clearly showed the growth and the understanding. He he obviously played, like, if you don't know, he, of course, played like four million years in college, so he should be a very mature player. Uh, And to me, it's about can he become a, a guy who's just a guy learning the NFL to a guy who takes over games. They have weapons, man. George Pickens is going to be good. You've got Najee Harris. The offensive line actually looks better in Pittsburgh than it has in years. Like, they have enough dudes. The question is, can the quarterback go from... I don't like the term game manager, so I'm trying not to use that here because I think everybody manages the game. But it's, can you go from a guy learning the ropes to a guy who can take over a game? And that's what I want to see out of Kenny Pickett. Yeah, and I would say what I need to see out of Pittsburgh is... For a franchise that historically runs the football, plays defense. I mean, when Roethlisberger sling field, I need to see Mike Tomlin allow Kenny Pickett to sling the ball all over the field. I think he has potential to have a fantastic second year, but is Tomlin going to allow him to do it? So that's what I need to see out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
And that right there is the game everybody loves to play. What do we need to see? So how about uh, uh, Braden, Kansas with a touchdown over Illinois right now. They're up 7 nothing in the first quarter. A, uh, a four-yard receiving touchdown from Tory Lachlan. Are you worried? Real quick, are you worried? S- some, no, I mean, I, I like Kansas. Some <laughs> might care about the four-point spread. I don't know. We'll see. Some might care. There's one game this weekend that may be the end of a dynasty. We'll tell you what that is next on Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio.